Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney. And I'm Leah Wetzel. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Recovery Talks. Uh, We are covering uh, Mental Health Awareness Month. And uh, this, I think, is going to, I think this is the last one of the month. Um, Been covering all these different topics on mental health awareness. And on this particular one, uh, Lee and I are going to be talking about trauma, trauma informed training, trauma informed care, trauma informed responses, that kind of thing. Because recently you went to a training. Right. That's right, Jim. Um, so I seen it last year. I seen an application uh, or or something come out in the SAMHSA Gain Center newsletter. Um, I seen the first set come out, taking applications for organizations or agencies, entities that are working within uh, the criminal justice system uh, for to take a, to, to like train the whole organization on trauma-informed responses. And then um, not too long after that, I seen one come out for individuals. And so it was kind of felt like a same platform as like if you're putting in for a grant, cause you have to have like letters of sure. reference and, um, it's a long application, and I guess they had um, like 87% higher applications come in. And so when I got when I found out I was got in, I was really excited. That's great. So the the training is the SAMHSA Gain Center for Behavioral Health and Justice Transfer. <laughs> Bless you. Excuse me. Boy, that came out of nowhere. Uh, sorry about that. Um, SAMHSA Gain Center for Behavioral Health Justice Transformation. If you don't know about SAMHSA's Gain Center, uh, that's that's the portion of SAMHSA that focuses on justice system transformation stuff. Lots of stuff, lots of good good stuff. The Gain Center offers tra- uh, training, helps educate criminal justice professionals about the impact of trauma and how to develop trauma-informed responses. This is right off the website. If you do a search, samsa.gov backslash Gaines Center, G-A-I-N-S dash center, uh, that'll come up and then you can just click on the trauma training. Um, and so... Yeah, this training's been around and, and it's kind of cool because on here they have a, uh, you can actually look up who the, the trainers are across the nation. And so, right. yeah, they have a map of the U.S. You can click on your state and you can see kind of like who's trained in that area. Um, and the Gain Center's been at this for a long time. I can remember when we first started MPN 12 years ago finding out about the gain center, I don't know, maybe 2013 or kind of some couple years into what we were doing Um, and going to some of their webinars. And then I think over the years we've had, you know, different levels of contact, but I think this is, this is the, 
the biggest thing we've really done with them is this this training that you went to. So what are a couple takeaways? First, how long is the training? So the training was 16 hours. So it was two eight-hour sessions. Um, the first day they give us a – so there's – now, as a trainer, there's an administrative training that's two hours, and then there's a training for everybody else that's four hours for okay. really any workforce. So what they do the first day is they go through a rundown. They offer the training to us, like a quick going through the modules. And then the next half of the day is the facilitator part of the training. Actually training you to, to do the training. Yeah, because yeah. this is a... This is a train, train the trainer, how being trauma informed improves criminal justice system responses. Train the trainer event is designed to train participants on a training delivered delivery described as well as equip them with the skills and resources necessary in order to deliver these effective trainings. So what are, what are a couple of your takeaways from this, from this train? Like you just finished it up recently. So it's fresh, yeah. fresh in your mind. Yeah, I think the first takeaway was, I mean, I think there was 38 of us in that first session, which they do, I think, four different actual trainings, three or four. Um, there's just the broad dynamics of people there that they picked. There was anywhere from like captains of the police force to detectives to peer support. Um, just all over the nation. And the second thing was there was only two of us from Montana and looking at the website, there's only two people in my community, me and another lady mm. who's actually used to be my drug court coordinator. Oh, <laughs> I the two trainers from Great Falls, but okay. um, it's, if you've gone through PS 101, then you're, you got a good idea of, of trauma-informed responses. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of reiterating what we learned there. Mm -hmm. And I think the training really, with the focus of the justice system, because like questions that my boss has asked, is this training for peer support? Is this training... Mm -hmm. This training's for any workforce, mm -hmm. um, but like SAMHSA said, peer support get it a lot more than the mm -hmm. justice system. Right, right. It. Well, the justice system tends to be very punitive, and there's right and wrong and kind of black and white. And yeah, because this is aimed specifically at the criminal justice system. So you were saying there's detectives were there. Yep captains for police forces that, that kind of thing yep and then i think my my third top takeaway is you know with doing that work with the attorney general and department of justice within the last like year and a half really working on you know house bill 112 and you know what are the main things we need to focus on in that area of work mm -hmm. The whole back of the manual is strategic planning sessions mm. for communities mm -hmm. to really collaborate. And mm -hmm. it really brought back, like, if 
if we can have a trauma-informed space to listen to survivors, mm -hmm. DOJ, and like attorney general's office, mm -hmm. that really gives us hope. Mm -hmm. And it gave me hope to be on that platform training with similar people mm -hmm. from similar backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So then, so now that you've finished this, what's the next, what's the next kind of thing? What, 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 what would happen now? So the next step is they want you to get out and train. Mm -hmm. So I think, um, you know, being able to bring this to, you know, under NPN focused care support. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's really important to have it being shared in the justice system. Mm -hmm. um, one of the ideas I had, um, I spoke to um, some folks up in Browning that we did an event with last year um, that work within reentry. And I said, you know, I took this training. Would you guys be interested if we were able to get funding and fund it? Or mm -hmm. would you, you know, if we could get right. past that part, would right. you guys be interested? And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's like anywhere I bring it up, people are really interested. Mm -hmm. So I think educate, sharing the education and knowledge mm -hmm. that I learned in there. Well, you were talking about the community, you know, like, yeah, I mean, that that's the goal, right, is to, is to, and, and it's, it's hard, because you're talking about, when you're talking about community, those of us who, who work in, you know, we work in recovery, which is connected to behavioral health, and in that field, it's, it's much more common, right, like, and especially, like you said, like, Sam's is saying, like, peer supporters get it. It's just kind of part of the recovery process. But when you start talking about a community, that can look a lot different because that's branching out now into other areas. So like criminal justice, this is a little more foreign to them and it's not built into the system. And we were talking earlier about um, some of the communities in Great Falls and there's a lot more shooting or some of the communities across Montana like Great Falls. Yeah. And I mentioned like Billings, a lot more shootings, you know, like more violent crimes we're seeing. Yes. And and so how how do we how do we access those communities and get something like this? Because we can stay within peer support and keep training the same people sort of over and over and over again, but really that's not transforming the greater community. Yes. Yes, like I feel so definitely Great Falls, where I'm from, uh, we've been having a rise in shootings, stabbing. There was just a stabbing in, in, in my back alleyway. Um, my cameras caught it. Mm. So I was able to, you know, mm -hmm. hop out a little bit. But that's traumatic. Yeah. And I feel so, you know, a couple of the shootings, there was, there was no gun, mm. you know, and I think shootings by police, by police, yeah, there was no gun on the other end. And I think there's a lot of power in, in educating the justice system on this, on this outlook, on this, this way of life, really, um, 
de-escalating a situation, just talking to somebody versus we know as peer support, we know there's power in just visiting with somebody, right? just meeting them where they're at. Right. And I think there's so many young law enforcement, they're scared. And a lot of the law enforcement, they're not kids that grew up in the hard neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. They're, they're maybe kids that, and I say kids, respectfully, younger generation mm-hmm. that's, you know, maybe they're not from that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't know how it is mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just want to help, yeah. which is great. But give them the right tools. And part of those tools, I believe, is education like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited because I actually get to share some of this. I have 45 minutes. But at the Law Enforcement Academy in July, I get oh, to. Oh, excellent. Yeah. New, um, new recruits. Yeah. Brand yeah, new. Yeah. Yeah. Get them while they're fresh. Right. Right. <laughs> right. They're doing their, their post training. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something we're seeing, uh, you know, it's been about a decade now of, you know, mass shootings. I mean, and, and it's hard to understand that for me. I, it's something that uh, I, I do, I research and whenever there's mass shooting, I, I read about it to try and, I'm always trying to understand this, what's happened here because that's not something that when I went to school, went to high school, let's just say, you know, late 80s, uh, we weren't worried about mass shooters walking into the school. That just didn't exist. Like maybe there was a couple of years or something across the nation, but that really wasn't something that we were focused on. And today it's commonplace. I mean, there's already been, we're only in May and I think there's been like over 200 mass shootings in the country and we're only in May. That's scary. Same here. We didn't have that stuff even in the 90s. We we didn't have that stuff going on in the schools. So it's like there's something happening, right? Like it and, and to me the reason I'm 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 kind of going in this direction with the conversation is because it's related to mental health. Yeah. I, I don't know how you can be healthy mentally and be going to a, a school or a shopping mall, or, you know, recently that's what we've been seeing in elementary school, people going into these schools and shooting innocent people. Right. To me, to me, the focus should be on trauma and, and people's mental health. Yes. There's something going on here that that's the response that's coming out because of they were bullied at the elementary school and now they're now they're a young adult and they're getting a hold of guns and they're going and and we're blaming guns and to me we we should be talking about people's mental health and their trauma response to me this is a response to whatever's going on internally to them there's some sort of discourse and they're and they're lashing out at not law enforcement there's a school, a school in a place where you're going, where kids, young people are going, whether you're in elementary, junior high, high school, it doesn't matter. You're going there to learn. You're like, this is a, a huge part of your life in your first 18 years. And to not feel safe, now you're creating a trauma response in all of those kids and those young people, because now there's this fear in their mind. I'm going to school today. Am I going to get shot in school? 
Right. So it's like now it's creating a whole different level of trauma for people. And it's, you know, like there's an awareness around, around things like bullying, but now it's like, oh, is somebody going to walk into the school and, and, you know, right. And, and, yeah. and all I hear about is, Hey, let's put more police around the school. Let's put more security. Let's. Yep. And to me, we need to talk about people's mental health. Definitely. Um, Same with our school district. I don't know how many. uh, So we get a text when the school's in lockdown. Mm -hmm. I don't even know how many texts we've gotten just in this last year. A lot. A lot. A lot. And so both my kids have behavioral health conditions. You know, Mm -hmm. they Mm -hmm. both. Mm-hmm. Uh, have that and so um so many times they come home all upset because they just weren't heard or mm-hmm. you know um the way the way things are set up and mm-hmm. these schools this is you know 80 percent of where 80 percent of the time of where our kids are at mm-hmm. you know they spend a lot of time with our kids some of them you know my stepdad was a teacher and a coach in the great Falls school district for like 50 years maybe more years mm-hmm. and he was the first one to ever teach me trauma-informed responses mm-hmm. with my kids you know just sharing little things mm-hmm. and there's some funding he said that came out a while back um and he said his school really ate up getting the training mm-hmm. but there are certain other schools that were like in the same school district mm-hmm. that were like, this is a waste of our time. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. this is the outcome of a waste of their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just had a space, like in my kids' 504, my daughter's, I should have it on my son's now because he's starting to have more issues um, with with how they deal with kids mm-hmm. with mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, it's not our this is a school that's not our 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 problem Mm -hmm. but with my daughter we have it written in there that she has a safe space to go to if she's feeling overwhelmed Mm -hmm. if they just had if they just had a little bit of knowledge of Mm -hmm. how helpful trauma-informed support can be Mm -hmm. and you know our police force yeah that's what they're doing they're beefing up having the police come into the schools which which can cause anxiety in in and of itself yeah. When you have more police presence around, it tends to not have the effect of making people feel safer. It has the opposite effect of putting people on edge because they know then that means there's something wrong. Yeah. Especially little kids, you know, um, the anxiety. My son said the other day that um, they're just, he's like, mom, I feel like I'm constantly doing something wrong the way they're they talk to us Mm -hmm. and um you know the anxiety of those kids and yeah they exactly they see i know i did i still do i see a police and a policeman and i think oh there must be something going on right and the kids they feed off that even more right 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 exactly the tension the they feel that through their their parents i'm curious about the uh you mentioned the the school, they send these texts, they go on lockdown. How does that impact you as a parent? So you're, oh. you're at work, you're at home, whatever's going on in your life. And all of a sudden, beep, beep, you know, you get this right thing, you know, 
Ding, you know, and then you read it and what happens in you? What's your response? I get anxiety. I start stressing. I text my kids. Are you guys okay? Um, a couple times my, my son was home when they had it, um, which I was grateful, but you never know what's going on, especially with all these things, the uprise and and uh, shootings, the uprise and violence, mm-hmm. violent crimes, mm-hmm. just in my community alone, let alone across the nation. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Yeah. A lot of times, especially in the past like four months, I'm like, what if we just did homeschool? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. This is getting to be too much. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, the communication, there's a lot of lack of communication just under their, under the school's mm-hmm. roof. Mm-hmm. Um, Do they text I, you when the lockdown's over? Yeah, they, they text us when the lockdown's over. But I mean, I guess what I'm getting at is get everybody on the same page and like, what is share is there is there a to-do? Is there like what goes on when this stuff happens? Maybe share with the with the families, with the parents, you know, because mm-hmm. we do worry. Mm-hmm. Sure. We don't know what's going on. And right. Um, one of the things I was gonna share, my son said, Oh mom, they said next year they might be adding a, a metal detector. Right, right. And I'm like, right. what? You know, to to say to a kid, hey, what are you doing over there? What are you guys doing? You know, because there's uprising vaping. Mm. And so the kids all migrate in the bathroom. And But if a kid's not doing something and you're blaming them for something, Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. not very good either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it sounds like, you know, there's like multiple layers. Yeah. And and there's multiple layers. So we're talking about communities and trauma responses i mean here's here's a whole a different when we say community we're using it in a different context the school community the community of the school which is within the bigger community of in this case great falls but there's a whole level of trauma responses that are happening there too right i mean the kids the parents the teachers right there's other administrative staff it's there's an impact to them too yeah and i mean why do you think it is that that we're we as a society we're so afraid to talk about mental health? Man, I don't know. Shame, guilt, fear of the unknown. I mean, my mom's generation was definitely like I grew up in a home where it was like kids are to be seen and not heard, and mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. now I'm sure not at the same level that it was for her as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, you just didn't ask and you didn't tell. Mm. And so I always struggled because I was, I'm somebody that talks, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and if something doesn't feel right or yeah. I'm going to yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But um, those hard topics are the topics we need to talk about. Yeah. And by not talking about that with our kids, imagine how they I know how I feel when all this stuff's going on in the community or yeah I don't even see all of what's going on in the school right but if they don't have us to talk to about it 
vent to or educate them on, you know, and maybe it's not with us, maybe it's with the counselor, maybe it's a peer pro, peer group, that type of thing. Right. But it's so important to talk about those hard topics. Yeah. Do you do you do you think we should have um, classes in our like let's say high school, let's say upperclassmen high school? Should we have classes where we the classes mental well-being, mental health, whatever, whatever you want to call it? Then you could have sub chapters could be like trauma, for example. Yeah. You know, like, how would you feel about that as a parent? Like if we had classes like that, I mean. Oh, that would be awesome. You know, being a parent, we don't, we're not born with a, you know, we don't get a guide or a yeah. owner's manual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think being able to learn for the kids, for the parents, for the school, for the community mm -hmm. to learn skills or just have a safe place to talk about it. Right. I mean, it takes a tribe of people to keep me where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Everybody should have that, mm -hmm. you know? And maybe if we started teaching young people, let's say high school, then they eventually become the parents, right? But if they but if they learn that when they're younger, that just becomes part of their own upbringing and their their ways and their culture, right? And um, just seems like we have a we just have a tough time talking about that subject matter, like, and and I don't know why because I think back to when I got into recovery in the '90s. You know that was it was all taboo. I mean, recovery. You know, you didn't you didn't you weren't open about that. You didn't talk about it. You didn't talk about substance use or mental health or, you know what I mean? It was sort of, and it's come so far. Yeah. I mean, it's very open television shows and movies and there's people in recovery and the, the awareness is higher than it's ever been. That's my experience over the last, you know, 30 years, let's say. But yet we're still missing, I think, some of these fundamental places like schools where we're integrating these kinds of things so that there is this awareness about, about your mental health, about the impact of trauma, because there are kids right now who are in high school who will become the future police officers. Yeah. They will become the future judges. They will become the future attorney general and governor and all these, you know, right, corrections officers, you, you know, all of it. Yeah. So if we want to change the system, it seems like we need to start with young people and start bringing them up in a different way so that we can have a future generation that is trauma-informed. Yes. Right. Like, and, and I'm just, I'm not sure why. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a question that I, I can't, I, I don't know the answer to myself of why are we so hesitant to talk about mental health? We raise awareness for things like cancer, uh, breast cancer awareness, uh, colon cancer awareness, you know, uh, skin cancer, you know, right? Like when we were kids in the summertime, right? The weather's getting nice. I mean, you, you'd just be outside all day getting burned and like, you know, <laughs> right? But now it's like the weather gets better. It's like, oh, I better put my sunblock on. My SPF. Exactly, right? <laughs> you know, right? Because we don't want to get skin. Like, but how did that happen? It happened because we started educating people 
Yes. And we started saying, hey, there's potential danger here if you don't do it, right? And it's it's like, it feels like that's what we need to do with mental health. You know, the uh, I think about um, the professional sports teams, you know, I think it's October is the month. They, they wear pink, right? And the pink thing is about raising awareness around breast cancer. It's common. It's like every year now, you know, you know, football players, they're wearing, you know, pink gloves and pink socks and pink towels and, you know, right. But we raise the awareness. Hey, this is something we should be taking seriously. And we need to, we need to get checked and we need to talk about these things. And right. And we celebrate survivors and all of that. And it's, we're sitting here in mental health awareness month. There's no, I don't see baseball players wearing colors to celebrate mental health awareness. I don't see hockey players. I don't see, you know, you don't see signs and businesses and stuff. And it's like that to me, like where we need to get to, we need to raise the social consciousness of the importance of being mentally well. And the subset of that is people's trauma and stop traumatizing people and re-traumatizing because I, I worry about this thing with the schools because the, the just, even if you never have a shooting in your school, you you're changing the lives of young people by all these lockdowns, mm. by just this security, this like, Oh my gosh, there's something serious happening. It's so serious. We need to lock everybody down. And the repetitiveness of that is going to re- cause a response that's going to come out later in life in people that didn't exist before. Right. I mean, it's just, we're, we're creating more trauma because it, to me, we're not actually addressing the real issues, you know? And I think what you're doing with the, like the Academy going to the police Academy. I mean, I think that's awesome. And that, and that should be just built in to every Academy, but we also need to get, to, to every community. And how do you do that? It's massive. That's a massive undertaking. Yeah. I think we just all little by little start talking about it. Yeah. Whether it's with our kids or at our community meeting, work. Um, Workplace would be another great one. Yeah. Right. Because once you once you go, you get a job and you work in a in a location, there is a community there, too. Yeah. And being able to talk about the impact of trauma and, and just mental wellness, being well in the workplace. Yes. And to know that it's OK to talk about that. Yeah. You know that yeah. it's not like shh, hush, hush. Right. 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 That, you know, we're all human. We all. Right. We all have our have our things, and it doesn't have to be something that holds us back. It, it could be our power, our superpower too. Absolutely, absolutely. So, if you want more information, we've been talking about trauma responses. I'd recommend you <clears throat> visit the SAMHSA.gov/backslash/gains-center website, and this particular one is going to be under the criminal justice section on the left-hand side of that website. There, they have tons of information. Um, We're talking about the, uh, been talking about the criminal justice training in particular, but the Gain Center puts out a lot of good info just in general. Montana's Peer Network, we have a 
trauma-informed peer support training that we got, was, which was funded by SAMHSA. That came from the National Trauma-Informed Center. And we did that years ago, and we've been we've been training it ever since. It's it's really one of our more popular trainings, um, and this is this is just it's a it's a big topic, trauma in general. So lots of different opportunities. But one thing I want to say with the different trainings is, um, I, I think I would recommend to people, depending on sort of where you're at with your understanding of the impact of trauma you might think about starting with an entry level one and not starting with an advanced one. Yeah, I'd, I'd second that because if you started with this one, you might get lost in the shuffle of things. Like if, if yeah. you've never done any training or instructing of any sort, you might get, it might be a little too much. So yeah, yeah. Like a good, like a real good entry level one. I always ask people about is, you know, go to an ACEs, advanced child or adverse childhood experiences. And that's a good kind of entry level into the world of trauma and what we're talking about, like lots of statistics and data. And it gives you this broad based view of, of what we're talking about to help you begin to understand and wrap your mind around it. And then you can sort of progress up from there and continue to go. I think if you jump into something like this, um, this is this is a pretty advanced, as I just look at the content of the, of the training, it's a pretty advanced training, I think. Not that you can't, but you might not get it till you're a good ways through the training. You, you might not get some of the concepts. Yeah, yeah. And definitely, I second what Samsa said, like, I mean, if you've gone through PS101, with us at least, then you'll have a good idea of what yeah. meeting people where they're at, um, person-centered approach, right. those trauma-informed skills um, to deal with trauma-informed responses. Right, right, right. Because all of our trainings are based off of basically what SAMHSA puts out, the standards SAMHSA puts out for peer supporters, for trauma-informed care, our trainings, we, we try to level up to that. That's where we kind of come at it. So yeah, the peer support 101 training in particular, the chapter on trauma comes right off the SAM, SAMHSA website and all of the concepts and yeah. So if you're interested, if you're listening and you're interested in, in any of this that we're talking about, again, uh, SAMHSA.gov gain center, that's the training and and we'll be putting offering stuff in our it. newsletter. We'll be offering it. And so you want to definitely uh, make sure you're, you're checking out our, our weekly wellness newsletter. And then each week, of course, we're doing different podcasts. Uh, this month, we've been focused on mental health awareness because it's May, um, but we're, we're heading into June before too long here. So uh, we'll be switching over to a different topic, but all of our podcasts have to do with recovery and wellness. And we want to thank you for tuning in. And Leah, thanks for joining me on this one. Yeah, it's always an honor. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you next time on the next Recovery Talks podcast from Montana's Peer Network.